Hi, everybody. I'm Jamie Allison, and this is the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. This is where we talk to people from different niches, different backgrounds, and we find out a little bit about what their success techniques are, um, a little bit about them and how they've got to where they are today. And uh, we, we have a really um, interesting, eclectic group of people that we talk to. And today is going to be just the same as that as well. So really excited about uh, having the person that we're going to talk to today. Just before we get into that, um, a couple of quick notes. One, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that uh, um, Jazz HR um, has a, a relationship with us in that they are really kind of out there helping the people that uh, that listen to this podcast. Podcast. Um, they have small and medium-sized businesses that use their applicant tracking system. And as people are starting to go back and, and thinking about hiring and thinking about finding the right people for the jobs right now that may have changed over the last little while, um, then uh, we really want to make sure that we kind of help you get in touch with them. So if you go to the website, which is www.bigideabigmoves.com, um, you'll see the information on there. Take a look at it, uh, get in contact with them, and, uh, and see if um, we can kind of help get some people back to work. The other side of things is uh, Epitome HR, um, and they work on the other side of things where if you are somebody who has um, maybe lost a job recently or are looking for, um, looking for a job or maybe even a new direction, they can help you look at everything from your LinkedIn profile and do some career coaching um, and also help kind of put together resumes that go um, are successful, I guess, going into those applicant tracking systems. So, uh, so that is on the website as well. So again, it's www www.bigideabigmoves.com. Um, definitely something to take a look at if, if you're in that situation and, uh, um, and get things moving forward for yourself. Uh, so today, really, really happy that we have Bridget Case with us. Um, she is the creator, producer, host of the After Orange Slices podcast, but she's also the co-host and executive producer of TurboTalk podcast and TurboTalk live TV on Twitch with um, Super Bowl champion Robert Turbin. So she's been doing lots of work there. We're going to talk to her a bit about that. Um, and she's also been a sports reporter, um, and she does that now, but she also has been a sports reporter with NBC and CBS, sports anchor, journalist journalist. Um, and she was a cheerleader with the San Diego Chargers um, and also made appearances from what I understand at the Rose Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, a um, couple of other big events as well. So um, so really had a really cool career and we're going to talk to her a bit about that today. But, but first of all, welcome, Bridget. We really appreciate you being here. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jamie, for having me on. I'm so excited to be on the podcast. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, again, you've got that, uh, sounds like a really eclectic kind of background. I mean, you, you're at a spot now where I, I know we were talking about, you've, you've got a, a pretty busy, packed professional life right now. Um, but before we go into that, uh, you know, why don't you talk to us a little bit about, you know, how you got to where you are tonight, today, because that, that is a little bit of a different career path than some. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because it took me until I was um, a guest on a lot of shows like like yours, great yeah. shows. Um, of course, there's been some podcasts here and there where, you know, um, the interviews have been kind of funky. But like yeah. <laughs> it, took me, it took me going on other shows and hearing that people appreciated my story so much and all of the things that I did and that my background was so eclectic to realize, wow, I have done a lot because I didn't even realize that until I was at this point and people like you said something. So yeah. I'll be honest. It's kind of one of those things where you don't even realize you're doing something right until like somebody else tells you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's kind of been the fun part of this whole journey, uh, because I've been really down on myself. Um, a lot of times since I graduated college, because I'll always tell people like, you know, college was the best time of my life. I was a cheerleader at Oregon. Like you said, I, I got to cheer in 
multiple bowl games. I cheered in a national championship and it was so incredible. And then it was like, everything felt like it just tanked from there because I felt like a nobody. I lost my identity because I wasn't an athlete anymore, especially after I uh, stopped cheering for the chargers. So when I decided to go out and become a journalist, it was a tough road. And I knew like, I I always knew that I wanted to be in broadcasting, but I didn't really realize that there was going to be so many different opportunities for me than just being on the anchor desk or just being in the field somewhere. Um, Because I felt like a failure if I wasn't just doing that. Because as a kid, all like all growing up, I always thought that I had to follow this one path. You know, I checked off all the boxes. I danced my entire life competitively growing up. I got perfect grades. I had over 4.0, you know, but didn't get into all the top universities. Then I went to college, you know, I got good grades then. Um, you know, I was a cheerleader. I got my master's. I cheered in the NFL. Like I was checking off all the boxes. Right. And then by the time I came, became a journalist, I felt like I just wasn't doing anything right. And I was getting so many no's my first, um, my first kind of crack in the industry was an internship at NBC in Palm Springs. And I, totally lied and said I was still in school just so that I could get an internship and just get my foot in the door. And the craziest thing that happened was just that all of a sudden somebody left and they didn't have somebody to cover high school football anymore. And I had been practicing so much repetitively, you know, getting so many reps that the main anchor saw me one day and went to the news director and was just like, give her a chance. You know, she's young, she's hungry. And that's how I got my start. But it wasn't just like, what I had thought where, Oh, this will be one job and I'll just keep building up from there. No, it's so not like, I mean, it's like a mountain range, right? It's, it doesn't just go like this up and down. It's up and down. And honestly, like, I'm so glad it's been like that because I remember pretty early on, I had a really, um, exciting interview at Fox sports that I, I really thought I was going to get the job. And I had, um, I'd been through quite a few interviews and I, I thought I had it and then I didn't get it. And that for me was like the biggest letdown. Um, but it was kind of the biggest blessing in disguise because then I went somewhere else and I just got all of my reps in. I developed into the person that I am today. And all of a sudden I just developed so many skills to do all of these incredible things um, that I think I would have been like, not like unaware of if I had just been getting the easy job, right. Or getting the exciting job right away. But I'm so glad that my path hasn't been easy and I won't go into way more depth because I'm taking a long time to answer your question anyway. Oh, that's, I um, I mean, and that's exactly it. You know? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it's uh, so many people that I talk to in similar situations. um, That's part of the reason they become you know, successful in what they're doing is because of those right. hard, hard times. It builds a resilience and, and um, you know, a, a confidence that you might not have had before. And, and you had already mentioned there a little bit is there, there were a couple of times where your confidence level was, was really oh. low. You know, how, did, how, how do you get through that today? Knowing what you know now, you know, you probably still have those moments. How do you, how do you get past that? Well, I try to think back to my high school self high school Bridget could not walk into a Starbucks alone. I was that scared and afraid and anxious. I had no confidence. I also didn't even think I was pretty. 
And not that I think I'm the most beautiful woman in the world now, but now I look at my, myself in the mirror every day and I tell myself I'm beautiful inside and out. And I tell every other single woman and guys, you can do it too, but I'm such a, an advocate for um, female empowerment that I tell every woman now, it's okay to tell yourself that you're beautiful because I grew up and it was like every woman was bringing each other down and it was just so negative. Um, but it didn't, it took me until I got to college to realize that, oh, like people actually like me for inside and, and outside. Um, but it, it, which is like a silly way to rely on confidence, but you know, as a a young high school kid, you're so aware of like all those little things and you feel like there's so many eyeballs on you all the time. Um, so it took me getting bullied a lot to figure out ways to deal with adversity and, um, not just let things roll off your back, but develop skills on how to face the adversity, right? Like, because initially I think I had always just been like too kind and um, let people walk all over me. And I had to find ways to stand up for myself. And that is what helped me develop confidence. And once I started seeing that people were attracted to my confidence because they wanted to be like me and learn from me and be like, oh my gosh, like I, I wish I could, you know, I wish I could stand up to this person like you, or I wish I could, I wish I could do my live shot as confident as you do on air. Certain things like that. I was like, oh, wow, I, I really am exuding confidence now. Um, it, honestly, like I, again, go back to that moment where I know I couldn't walk into a Starbucks alone. And now I eat lunch by myself alone everywhere. And I love my alone time. And I don't have to rely and be dependent on anybody. And it's, it's to me, that is so empowering and exciting. Um, and that's really what reminds me to be confident. Sure, sure. And um, now you're in sports journalism, mm-hmm. which I, I think, you know, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think it's it's still a pretty male-centric yeah. view on how things, you know, are, are talked about or, or looked at. Um, and um, maybe I'll just, uh, we'll start there is, is you know, uh, if that's the case, you know, how do you make sure that um, uh, you bring a different perspective to it? Because I know that's one focus for you. Um, and then the other side is, is you know, how do you, how do you personally be able to deal with that when I'm sure you run into it all the time being in, in that kind of genre? Oh, yeah. I mean, the amount of just disrespectful emails or comments that you'll get from, from viewers, especially in television. Um, that's really what prepares you for social media haters. Like social media doesn't even bother me now because once you've dealt with crazy people behind email, oh my gosh, I save those messages because to me, they just make me laugh. But when it's somebody that you're working with, like a co-anchor or, um, you know, a male in the field that should be respecting you because you have that respect for them. And they say something that's derogatory towards you. Um, or, you know, that they don't respect you and it's because you're a woman, that's the most hurtful part. And that just wants me, that just makes me, it drives me to prove myself more in the industry. Um, I've had so many experiences where I didn't get the same opportunities, um, the same pay, like honestly, like countless times because I was the woman on the other end, um, to my male counterpart. And it was super frustrating just because I wasn't taken as seriously. And especially on top of being a cheerleader. And the most frustrating part was that I would always try to downplay my being a cheerleader or 
being attractive. And I would like try to be less attractive at work and not talk about being a cheerleader, all of these things, because I wanted to be taken more seriously. And later I realized that's so ridiculous because that's part of who I am. And I'm just going against, you know, my true self and I shouldn't be changing myself just to, um, you know, try to blend in and get males to, you know, respect me more. That's ridiculous. And once I started just being overly confident to the point where, um, I kind of made a lot of men that worked with me afraid of me. That's when I knew that I really, you know, I, that I was really proud of myself. Um, because I know initially the hardest part for me breaking into the industry, which I'm very proud that I got through it was that there are a lot of males that think they have power over you to make sexual advances or sexual comments. Um, really, really inappropriate, uncomfortable situations that I've been in that like, I'm so proud of myself for handling them in a good way or saying no to an opportunity because I wasn't being offered it for the right reasons. Um, whether it was a job or an internship um, or some kind of mentorship. And that is, that's what's really frustrating. But the older I've gotten, the more I've been respected because people know, oh, don't mess with Bridget. Like, she's not going to stand for, for any have of you, have that. Have you seen and a so, change in the, I mean, you've seen a change probably in how people treat you. Have you seen yeah, much change in the industry? <laughs> honestly, some, yes, yeah, some, yeah. but it's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it's not better. surprising. And, and yeah. um, you know, I guess, I, I mean, it, it probably makes it a little more gratifying to have the success you've had because you do know that probably in order to have that success, you've almost went through that much more, um, you know, to get there. So that's something. Exactly. Um, I, I guess the other side is, is that um, you have really done, a, 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 I would say, a, a pretty good job of being able to build your, your personal brand as well. Um, and you know, how, how did you kind of tackle that? Is that something you do, you know, methodically or is it just something that has happened, you know, over time? Um, I think it just happened on accident because <laughs> I actually got off, well, especially if we're talking about social media and Instagram specifically, I got off of Instagram for two and a half years to just take a mental health time out, yeah. um, yeah. a social media detox, if you will. Because Instagram for me was such a toxic place. And when I was at my last job working at the uh, CBS station in Eastern Washington, I knew that I just couldn't handle the negativity on Instagram. And, um, and it was the best thing I ever did. But it did put me behind the eight ball. And, um, and knowing what to do when I was trying to like do things on my own and become an independent journalist and build my own brand. Like I was pretty clueless. So it took me doing a lot of research and kind of being forced to get back into that world. Um, because what had happened was I, <laughs> I thought I was lined up for a big job after my last gig. And, um, I thought I was moving to another town. I thought I was headed to a specific network. Um, and I had an agent that kind of over promised under delivered yep. and um, basically it all fell through and I had to move home with my parents and it was like the biggest, that was a big confidence killer for me just because I felt like, Oh my gosh, like is my career as a journalist over, you know, nobody, I'm not getting calls anymore. Um, but that was when 
I realized I was just sitting at my parents' house and I was like, I don't have any other option than to try building my brand right now and try getting my name out there myself. So that's when I created a new Instagram and I just started, um, I came up with a name and I just started building things, reaching out to people, um, networking with the people that I did still have in my circle and just getting creative and honestly, like making myself look cooler and more established and accomplished than I actually was. It's like dressing for the job that you want instead of the job you have, right? And then people respected me and wanted to come on my show. I was so shocked when I started my podcast, how many interviews I was able to book. I was like, oh my gosh, all these people are going to say no because I don't, (laughs) I've never had a podcast before. And because again, like I just started a podcast on accident because I didn't have anything to do. And that's basically how I built my digital brand. And I just kind of faked it until I got here, I know. which I'm here still not here. made it at all, but I'm just saying like, I'm still, you know, we're plugging along and I faked it this far. We're going <laughs> to fake it less every day. So, I mean, you've been in the traditional media side yeah. and now you're in this kind of non-traditional digital piece where, you know, you're, you're doing things very differently. Um, uh, you know, do you find it, uh, do you enjoy it more? Do you enjoy it less? You know what? I think I was afraid to say that I enjoyed it more because I yeah. felt like that would mean that I failed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do enjoy it more because I'm able to tell stories the way that I want them to be told. Um, I'm not lying about who I am or there's no um, barrier between me and the viewers or me and whoever I'm writing for. Um, you know, I've always felt like I was putting on this facade. There was this mask and that to me was sad just because I felt like I couldn't be honest. And I felt like I was lying all the time. And also traditional media is dying. Where are people getting their news these days? They turn to their phones. And so I had to make that pivot and realize that the future of journalism and media is in the hands of Generation Z and yeah. all of us who are looking at a blue light all day. Um, and I think like, when I realize those things, that's when I'm really, really happy. And I know it's okay to be happy because like I said, I think I was just afraid to say that I was happy and that I was loving it because it would have felt like I failed. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is a non-traditional path, but it mm-hmm. will become the traditional path probably. Exactly. It's just, you happen to be at the front end of the wave, which is exactly. kind of cool. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, I know in, in your podcasts and uh, your different things is that, um, you, you look for kind of the authentic discussion and, you know, and, and also show a little bit about what things are truly like. Um, in order to do that, you have to build trust with the person you're talking with and, and really also the listener and everything else. Um, you know, how do you, how do you do that yourself? How do you get them to the point? Like if you're talking to an athlete, athletes are used to exactly what you're saying. There's that barrier. You have to have a barrier. You have to have training thinking that, you know, you can't say something outside of a certain box. And, you know, how have you found that? Is it, is it difficult to do? Is it different maybe because of how you are structured now too? Um, How does that work for you? Well, I mean, that's, what's great about my traditional media training as a journalist is that we're trained to push and get the story and not care about your feelings. And I do care about people's feelings, but, um, you need to get the story no matter what. But I just try to think about people's vulnerable points and figure out what's going to make them comfortable. Um, and, and try to like, not take them back to 
kind of paint the picture, you know, take them back to memory, a time, um, those happy places, like telling them that I'm empathetic or I understand. Maybe if I can't really quite understand what they're going through, um, but that they know that I'm on their side and that I'm, that I'm not out to get them. Yeah, so yeah. I think that that's the most important thing because you're so right. Like people all the time are so scared. Look, I'm not going to say this. Oh, I can't say this. I can't say this. And then they come on. And once we start talking, they really start opening up and it just takes them trusting me by, we start really simple, you know, with like small talk. Um, I'll usually chat with them for a little bit before we actually start the interview. Um, I always do that. And, uh, just to kind of create that trust. And I try to use humor. Um, I try to make fun of myself sometimes, um, or, you know, show them how I've failed so that they know, like, this isn't something where I am out to get you. Um, and this is a safe space. And yeah, I just, I, I don't know if that really, I'm trying to think of what else because it is, it is a really interesting, um, because that's my goal, like is to yeah. make them feel safe and get them to trust me. But it's, I, it's I just, just try a to di- work on it. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it, it could, could be just a dynamic that you create too. And, and it mm-hmm. is different when it's this type of an environment where, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, they're, they're not feeling like it's the same, um, professional lights as you're sitting there too. And, and it is a little you're bit. Right. I think you know, that's it too, yeah. is that they feel more relaxed in that yeah. sense. Totally. I, it must be gratifying when you get somebody in that kind of position though, whereas for 100%. a long time, I mean, a lot of people just don't see that. So it's, it's exactly. nice to be able to convey that to somebody else. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like just being able to have people like, like on my other podcast on Turbo Talk, having people like Felix Hernandez or, or Ken Griffey Jr. sit down for an hour and a half and get vulnerable and talk about real things. And I've never seen them, you know, really talk like that unless they're in a really long, uh, you know, documentary situation. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's like you, you only hear the sound bites. And so, um, those are kind of the magical, magical points for me. I remember I did one episode. This is like pretty early on in my After Orange Slices podcast. Um, I did one episode with these two college, former college football players, and they have this incredible story about uh, how they met really, really young and um, at playing a game of catch, and now they live a sober life together because they came back. I won't tell the story. You should go listen to the episode. But um, – getting them to tell their story was really difficult because they had never told it to anybody before. Um, They had mentioned a little bit to one newspaper, but I was the first person to break it. And it was hard at first. I just had to, you know, break things down. Like, like you're talking to a kid, you know, how did you feel? Or like you're in therapy, like, (laughs) how did you feel at that moment? You know, walk me through everything. Like, let's just get relaxed and not worried about the, the intense language or, um, you know, or if you say something wrong, like I mess up all the time and I just don't care about that anymore. And I think that's why people resonate with me is because they know that I'm human and I'm real and I'm going to mess up. Um, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so you, I know have, um, have talked with and had some kind of discussions with, um, Heather Monahan who I've had on my podcast as well. Yeah. I love um, her. Yeah. And, and, and she's kind of, she really tackles that a bit as well as being very real about, you know, mistakes and, and things like yeah. that. And, and it is, uh, interesting how, how that 
allows you to have a much better, deeper conversation than you normally would. So Exactly. Totally. She totally preaches that and lives that. She's my hero. I love her. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's, she's a great guest as well. So, uh, so you are doing, it's a little bit entrepreneurship, a little bit kind of just, um, you know, a, a journalism as well. Is there something that has really surprised you on this path so far that, that you did not expect would happen? Honestly, I did not think people would be interested in what I was doing. <laughs> you were going to have one Honestly. listener and, yeah. <laughs> and it would be your Honestly. mom. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or that it would just be a podcast, one podcast. Um, and it wouldn't turn into the entire platform that we've developed and, and, you know, doing live shows and, and things. And, um, honestly, like I, I started this last August, so it's not been quite a year yet. And I just can't believe where I've gotten. And, um, but it is a testament, like, I'm not going to lie and be like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I've worked really freaking hard. So I work constantly all the time. I'm still living in my parents' house. I built my studio in my childhood playroom. Um, and you know, my dad and I just glued a bunch of foam that we got from Amazon all over the place. I covered my back pads in like fabric that I got at Walmart, you know? So it's just, you just have to be scrappy and like I said before, fake it till you make it. And people just really started trusting me, I think, because I got vulnerable and I was honest. And um, I, I'm a truly, truly, I, I just get honest because I just stopped caring what people thought. And um, that started to resonate with people. The amount of times I get DMs and people will be like, oh my gosh, I listened to this episode or I watched this uh, this live show you did on Twitch TV. And I, you helped me come out to my parents or you helped me go see a therapist, whatever, because I, I talk about my mental health struggles a lot. Yeah, and yeah. I think that that's the most important thing is just being honest and being okay with failing and struggling and, um, knowing that that's what makes us stronger and that I'm not going to be as good as that person over here, but I can probably teach them something about, um, what I've been through and they can teach me something that they've been through. Like, let's all help each other and stop competing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I mean, that's, that's the key thing about doing some of these is you, you take something away from everybody. And right. um, I mean, that's what I absolutely love about doing yeah. this is that every cool person you talk to has something that they bring that uh, is, is enlightening and, and cool to know. Exactly. And don't, don't count anybody out. Maybe they might not be, you know, the top person in your industry, but you could probably still learn something from them. The amount of things that I've learned from people who, um, you know, I thought like I would have never talked to in a million years, but I maybe be randomly met because they followed me on Instagram and they messaged me and now they help me with something, you know, like, or I went on their podcast or whatever it may be. And so, uh, and they shared some really enlightening information, like just don't count anyone out. I just think expanding your circle is so, so important and being open to learning and new ideas. We are all old dogs. We can all be taught new tricks, no matter your age. Um, but just, you know, you're never too good to keep learning. And I think that that's really what humbled me is that I thought like, oh, well, I'm not going to go and do like digital stuff. That's so dumb because I'm a traditional journalist and yeah. no, like, I mean, I got a big piece of humble pie and, um, it was the best meal I was yeah. ever served because it Look where it's taken here. you. Mm -hmm. And I was also, I think that this is part of my mission. My mom, whenever I have conversations with my mom, like she always says that she always says, this is what I think this was God's mission for you was to be that voice for other people. And, um, 
and I totally, totally believe that. Yeah, very cool. So if there's somebody, uh, I mean, because there are tons of people, I'm, I'm sure, who listen to your story and are inspired by it, um, but also kind of think, you know, how do I, how do I make that decision, whether it's into to something very similar to you, but, but really, if you think about it broadly about, you know, whether it's, it's um, having the confidence to move forward with something or just kind of how do you make that first step towards something? Do you have a couple of, you know, two or three hints that you, you think they should be doing right away if they were going to do that? I mean, I honestly think it just, it does come down to being ready. Like there, if I think about Bridget in 2016, I never could have done this. I'll just be honest. I would not have been able to do this. I wasn't ready. So I truly believe, even though people always say like, there's no better time than now. Yeah, that is true. But sometimes it does take us going through times and failing and dealing with difficult relationships um, to figure out what we need in life. So be okay with waiting. I think like we need to be a little bit more patient um, and understanding that things won't come right away. Um, And if you are going to build something, whether it's starting a business or a podcast, or you're trying to take a leap in your industry and make it digital, whatever it may be, know that that's not going to come easy. Um, You have to be okay with not looking for the fame or the fortune right away. Um, You have to want the bigger picture and you have to constantly seek that out. And you have to be okay with knowing that people might support you like the first day you launch, (laughs) but peace out afterwards because they're not going to come back until, you know, you're in Forbes or whatever it may be. (laughs) So um, I think it just comes down to that is, is patience um, and being confident in yourself and, Again, like I, I could not stress this enough. 2016 Bridget would not be right here right now. I was a mess and um, so reliant on what other people thought of me, what my friends were doing. I just wasn't focused on the right things in life. And I'm glad that I did go through that time in my life because it makes me so much more grateful for all the skills that I've developed today. So if you're at that point in your life, don't worry. You probably need to go through that point, you know? So, um, go through it, get through it. You'll be fine. (laughs) You'll be fine. That's the big thing, right? Is you will get through it. And, uh, you know, and, and I think that's the one thing that is different with your message. A lot of people right away would have said, Oh, you need to kind of jump right into this. You need to need to do A, B, and C. And there's lots of people that you, you have other things to do before you get to that. If, and if that's your case, then, you know, you, you deal with it as it comes. So. And I wish somebody told me that I wish somebody did. That is something that really, I think bothered me is that I felt so rushed, um, to get to the top or to succeed. And I felt like, I was behind constantly, Um, whether it was getting married, having kids, you know, having the perfect job, uh, whatever. And I wish that people told me it was okay to slow down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, somebody has now to somebody else. So that's fantastic. So um, how do people, um, how best can they find all of the different things about you, Bridget? Yeah. So, I mean, Instagram is the best way to uh, reach out and reach me. So you can find me on Instagram at after orange slices. And that's also the name of my podcast, which uh, is after orange slices. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. So wherever you're listening right now, go and search it. Um, And my second podcast is called Turbo Talk. So you can find that wherever, but yeah, Instagram is the best 
way to reach me right now. Cool. And we'll make sure that um, we have that in the show notes as well and all of those different things so they can find all the different ways of, uh, of getting the really cool material that you have out there. Um, anybody else, if you haven't hit the subscribe button, make sure you do that. Whatever podcast platform you're listening or watching on now, make sure you do that. We have lots of great guests that just uh, continuously come up on the show. So, uh, uh, so thank you, Bridget, for, for coming on today. We really appreciate it. Um, thank you for having and, me. Yeah, no worries. And um, you'll make sure that you're listening to uh, her podcast as well her podcasts I guess so because uh, they they are pretty awesome so um, again thanks uh, for listening everybody or watching and uh, we'll talk again soon on uh, big idea big moves mm-hmm.